feel like sometimes life is really mental. Dude, that's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Anxiety and depression are literally the number one cause of disability worldwide. And when we look at our lifestyles, I mean, we were not meant to be sedentary all day. We were not meant to be eating junk food all day. This is not natural. Our bodies weren't even built to detox. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Really Mental. We've got an amazing episode today with such an amazing guest, Kayla Barnes. I'm really privileged to talk to her today because we're going to be talking about how to optimize our brain and build the life you want. She is the CEO and co-founder of the LYV, The Wellness Space, which is one of the country's most innovative precision medicine and biology upgrading clinics. Kayla is also a creator and the host of Brain Biohacking Podcast and the co-founder of Health Optimization Fund. We're really excited today to be talking about these topics and really breaking down what foods you need to eat to optimize your brain and also how to do it just generally. So today, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to follow us at Really Mental Media and share this with a friend because it allows us every week to provide amazing episodes just for you. We're going to welcome Kayla Barnes to the show and let's get into it. So welcome Kayla to Really Mental. I want to start off by asking you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for those listening? Yeah, absolutely. So I do a few things. I am a certified brain health professional. I trained under Dr. Daniel Amen, who is amazing and just all things brain optimization. I don't think that we have the brain on the forefront quite yet. We're definitely making progress, but that's one of the things that I do. I also have an online community and I am the CEO of a longevity medicine clinic. We currently have one in Ohio and we'll be opening another location here in LA. That's really awesome and exciting and congrats on everything you've accomplished. It's really impressive. I wanted to ask, what inspired you to start this journey in the health space overall? Yeah, so I think a lot of people that end up in the health space, it's kind of personal, right? So for me, I did not grow up on amazing food. I definitely didn't. I mean, I grew up eating, you know, Pop-Tarts and the standard American diet. And I started to study nutrition in college. And I just started to learn that food was medicine. I started to change my eating habits. I switched from like conventional to organic and, you know, cut out all processed sugars. I just made small changes in the beginning as I was learning. And what I realized was that I felt unbelievable. Like every day I was just feeling better. Any, you know, little issues that I had were just going away. I didn't have any significant medical history, but my energy levels were increasing. And, I, you know, I'm, I have a very type A personality. I, I love to, you know, just go super all in on one thing. And so, after learning all the basics of nutrition, I was like, okay, you know, I really want to be optimal. What, what can I do to achieve that? And so I started thinking about the brain and I was like, if I want to become the best version of myself in all ways, not just health, I'm going to have to learn how to optimize my brain because our brain, not only is it the most, you know, important real estate in the body, we can't get another one, but it makes all of our decisions, right? So mood, ambition, discipline, energy levels, how we treat other people, how we treat ourselves, that's all controlled by the brain. So I knew that if I just wanted to achieve everything that I had in store for myself in life, I was going to have to learn about the brain. And that's when I found Dr. Amen and started training the Amen Clinic's university program. And I just learned so much, started to implement it in my own life. And it's been, you know, it's been a long journey. I've been in this industry for about 12 years now. Um, it's funny because so many things are becoming really popular now, like red light therapy and molecular hydrogen. And I was going back through my Instagram and I was posting about that like four years ago. So 
I've just been doing, I guess what you would call biohacking now, like human self bioindividual like optimization for a long time. So it's been a kind of like long journey, but started with nutrition and then I got into brain health and did that program. And um, three years ago, a partner and I um, opened up this longevity medicine clinic. So it's amazing. We have incredible practitioners on our team and just getting to see results firsthand um, from the protocols that we implement is just the best part about it. When it comes to food, nutrition, and then also your brain health and mindset, what are some of the things you did and some of the things you changed during that time in what you ate and then how you looked after your brain health? I changed everything. I am really big on just going for it. I don't think that everybody needs to do that. I mean, it's it's usually the best is to take really small steps, right? Set like small goals, like swap out processed and added sugars for or processed foods and added sugars for whole foods. You can go really slow. But I, after I really got the basis of nutrition down, I went all in and changed everything. But a few things that I think people could start working on, I mean, we just have to work on our sleep. It's so basic. But if you don't get good sleep, I mean, not only mentally, but physically, you won't be as motivated. If you had a bunch of goals, you're probably not going to stick to them if you didn't get any sleep the night before. So you have to be well-rested. There's so many other benefits of high-quality sleep. It's definitely one of the most important pillars of health. But um, just focusing on sleep, nutrition, and these things are all free for the most part. It is more expensive, of course, to get really healthy food, but you could also grow it yourself. Like sleep, nutrition, getting outside, moving your body. These are all just really basic things that I think everybody, if you're not doing it in 2024, you have to start because it's it will change your life. I love that you started with sleep. And obviously there's so much to this. You mentioned organic foods, cutting out sugar. Yet sleep is just like, the first one that anyone can start with, with like completely limited info. Are you able to describe like what happens to the body and the brain when you actually don't get enough sleep and you're sleep deprived? Yeah, absolutely. So from a body perspective, I mean, your blood pressure is increased, your cortisol, which are our stress hormones are increased. I mean, all the studies back that anxiety is increased, focus is decreased. And in terms of the brain, yeah, I mean, focus, creativity, discipline, all of that is backed by the scientific literature that it is significantly reduced. And that's just even based on one night of poor sleep. The unfortunate thing is most people are having bad sleep every night. I mean, I wear an aura ring. I've worn one for over five years. And it tells you every day when you wake up, how was your sleep? And it's not just about like, did you stay in bed long enough? It's about the quality of the sleep. Did you get enough deep sleep? You should be aiming for at least an hour and a half each night of deep and REM sleep. Those are the most restorative phases of sleep, you know, and how long did it take you to fall asleep? What was your heart rate during the night? There's so many different factors. When it comes to building yourself up and setting yourself up for a successful 2024, how can those listening do that when it comes to sleep, diet, exercise. One thing I'm a big fan of is putting guardrails in place for your own life. So if you can't stop eating snacks or like treats, if you have them in your house, then it's very easy to get them. So when I say put guardrails in place, you literally have to set yourself up for success because if you have a home that's filled with processed foods, sugars, if you allow yourself to, you know, turn on Netflix late at night, like you have to set 
minimum requirements for yourself. Because otherwise, if you don't have the discipline, which most people don't, and they don't have really the wherewithal, and it's natural because our brains just want to have a short-term reward, they're not even built for long-term thinking in most cases, you will not be able to achieve your goal. So yeah, I mean, immediately, all the foods that are not going to benefit you, every piece of food I eat, I'm thinking, is this going to benefit my brain and body? I don't eat for pleasure, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, and I know a lot of people do, but I eat for sus- like sustenance, nutrients, energy. When I'm eating my food, I'm like, is this going to tell the information for my body that's going to make me perform better and be my best self? So if you cannot really stick to basically the goals that you set for yourself, just go through the whole house. I mean, take out all the the bad foods, replace them with good foods, set timers on your phone, set timers on your TV watching. So that's one thing is just setting guardrails in place. So whatever it may be, you know, timers, anything you need to do. Second thing is you can take it small. So instead of just trying to change everything because all the data says that that doesn't typically work, set small goals that you can do every day. So instead of saying you're going to meditate for 20 minutes every day, I mean, probably unrealistic. You might do it twice and then you probably will stop. So do one minute a day or two minutes a day. So write out your goals on a piece of paper and make them super realistic. Like week one, you know, swap into healthier foods or be in bed by nine o'clock. So say if you can't fall asleep, which I know some people struggle with, you're at least in bed because that's going to significantly increase the chances of you going to bed on time. So yeah, really small habits to start. Make sure that it's actionable. Write it down so that you have something to refer to. Put calendar reminders if you need to. I do that for everything. My workout, my cold plunge, my morning sun, my prayer, Bible, everything is all in my calendar every single day. My wind down routine is in my calendar because if I don't put it in my calendar, then there's a chance I won't do it. Mm, Yeah, that's really helpful info and especially putting those guardrails in place so that people know how they can start moving in that right direction, I think is, is super wise and good advice. I know you mentioned being your best self. And so I just wanted to ask, like, what does that look like for you? It's quite a few things. I have my optimal health, and I measure that by biomarkers. I have done, you know, thousands of biomarkers. I've done a full body MRI, multiple full body MRIs, cardiac CT scans with AI. So there's that side of it, which is health. I currently have one of the best gut microbiome tests we've ever seen. Same thing with toxin testing. So health is definitely a facet of that. And I measure that by my biomarkers, by energy. But then I also have, you know, life optimization and professional optimization. And I've always wanted to feel at the top of my game in every area. So I am very disciplined when it comes to benchmarking. So I, every single night, have a journal that I write down what I could have done better, what I did well. And I do that in all areas of my life. So for me, an optimized life, like we live once, you know, and it's not a long time. I know that in the longevity space, we always want to talk about living forever. And, and I really hope that that happens. But if, if we're not going to live forever, then we have to take advantage of every moment. So, you know, instead of sitting on the couch and watching television shows, for me, that, that actually like makes me feel very unfulfilled. Because I'm like, there are so many things I could be doing in this world with my time that are not scrolling on social media for 10 hours a day or five hours a day or, you know, just 
binging television shows. It's like getting everything that you want in life. And that's different for everybody. I mean, I am running a business. My health is in great shape. I get to build this amazing community online with people that follow me. I recently got married. I mean, I've wanted to be a wife for so long. And, you know, it just, it, everything is, it's different for everybody, but that's kind of what an optimal life looks like for me. And it's so sad to me that so many people, they can't, first of all, they don't even know what they really want. That's the first step is you got to know what you want in life and you have to believe that you can achieve it. So it's very sad to me when people just let their lives pass them by and kind of sit back because I always say you can either be mindless or mindful and you have to be very mindful and super intentional to actually get what you want out of life because otherwise life just it goes by. How can people be more mindful in their life? First, you have to identify your purpose. So again, that will be different for everybody, but I would write down, you know, what makes you happiest what you really want to achieve. You can also ask friends, like, what do you think I'm good at? Or where do you think I would excel if you're struggling to figure that out on your own? But you have to identify your purpose. Because if you don't really know why you're doing something, you're not going to have a ton of motivation to keep doing it. Do you feel like when it comes to goal setting, and say being at optimal capacity from a career standpoint, and, and the facets which come with that, say relationships relating to your career and building out that, do you feel as though there's like a certain priority list which feed into each other? Well, ideally, you can just improve efficiency in all areas. And and yeah, you do need to rank what's most important to you, right? Is it is health and work equal? Is it health and family? Like, what does that look like? But the other thing to think about is that without health, everything else is harder. So health is the foundation. And if you think about it that way, you always prioritizing your health is going to be the best idea. Because when you do that, there's a there's a great quote, a well man has a 1000 wishes, a sick man only has one, right? Like everything matters until you get sick. And unfortunately, because of the environments that we're living in today, the toxic burden is incredibly high. I mean, you know, there are known carcinogenic chemicals in your air, your water, your beauty care products, your food, it's literally everywhere. So if you can start to focus on optimizing your health, it's going to make everything else in life easier. You're going to be able to perform better at work. You're going to be able to show up better for your family. It's, it's just simply the foundation for everything else. Why don't you think people are being aware of these things and these toxic chemicals? Why don't you think people are trying to change that? It's a great question. I don't I don't know what the level of awareness is. I mean, there obviously is way more now than there was before, but the problem is that it's such a massive issue. So it, it's very political, and that's not my strongest suit, but it's super political because the same companies that own the pharmaceuticals in here in the US, they also own the seeds for the food. I mean, this should not even be allowed to begin with because it, it doesn't even make sense. And then also, I don't think that the awareness in terms of the severity of the toxic burden is there. I mean, I know this because I look at labs all the time that show environmental toxins, that show um, heavy metals, molds, mycotoxins, a whole list of different toxins. But people don't really think about it that way. They don't think about, you know, fragrance as being so detrimental. They don't think about there being chemicals in every single thing that we do until we look at their labs. The problem is 
is you can't wait around for things to change. I mean, this is a government issue. So um, our food system and supply in general here in the U.S., we also allow so many different fillers, additives, chemicals in our food system than they do, for example, in Europe. So if you're waiting around for the government or the policies to change around food or the additives, chemicals, pesticides, all of that that are allowed in food products, et cetera, I mean, you're going to end up sick and you're going to be waiting forever because it's just too big of an issue right now, it seems like, to be changed. So that's why you have to take control of your own health. Like, you absolutely cannot wait for anyone to come do it for you. You can't rely on your doctor to tell you what to do. I mean, you have to just take control of your life in every way if you want to have good health. And the great thing is, is there's so much widely available information now. I mean, you can go on Instagram, you can go on social media, just Google it. You can do a lot of research. And at the end of the day, it's as simple as get the all whole foods. So shop in the perimeter of the grocery store. If you can buy organic, if you can't due to budgetary reasons, look up the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. So the clean 15 are the cleanest options. So those are better to buy they're okay to buy conventional and you want to buy the dirty dozen all organic if possible. What does it look like for someone who say lives a, a whole lifetime, however many years of their existence on this earth, let's say like, you know, 50 plus at least on their phone, you know, addicted to social media, eating completely unhealthy foods that are toxic for you and doing basically the opposite of what you're saying. Well, I think the fact that depression is the number one cause of disability worldwide is is a very it's super alarming number one number two i mean it's it's the most obvious statistic that's out there i mean anxiety and depression are literally the number one cause of disability worldwide and when we look at our lifestyles i mean we were not meant to be sedentary all day we were not meant to be eating junk food all day we weren't meant to you know be staying up all night. This is not natural. We were not, our bodies weren't even built to detox all the toxins in our environment. So, I mean, absolutely, it's it's super detrimental to your health and people are sadder and sicker than ever. I mean, the rates of chronic disease are, are just skyrocketing. I mean, you know, 70% of these chronic diseases are related to lifestyle. And that's really hard to hear because that means we have a lot of control over it and it means we can really do something. But it's also, if you look at it the right way, it's super empowering because it means you have so much control over your ultimate health destiny. How do you think they can kind of reshape their life while still living at home or still kind of having these boundaries in a sense for looking after themselves? Well, I would really just start with the basics. Even if you're living at home, you know, do all the free practices. If you can master those, you can then go on to layer all of this other exciting stuff, you know, like cold plunge and red light therapy and all these fun health hacks. But just really focus on mastering the basics, going to bed early, eating healthy, getting outside. I mean, getting outside is so underrated. I mean, there's so many studies on backing the benefits of, you know, sunlight in the morning, sunlight throughout the day for your circadian rhythm. Our bodies almost have no idea what time it is because we wake up and are immediately have artificial light, blue light. That is not how it used to be. We used to rise with the sun and go to sleep with the sun. So I would really just encourage you to, you know, master the basics. I wanted to ask, how should people work on themselves when they're going through hardship throughout a year? 
So it's really, it's a lot easier to do these practices when life's good, when things are going well, but when, when things get tough, how do you maintain that? Yeah. I mean, I, I made a post yesterday about one of the most detrimental things to discipline is being overly stressed. Because again, when we're in that fight or flight state and our sympathetic nervous system is activated all the time, it's only about self-preservation. So it really varies depending on everyone's situation, but a couple of tips that I would lay out is identify what that stressor is and make an action plan to do something about it. Because unresolved conflict and unaddressed conflict, that's stress, right? If you can do something about an issue in your life and you're not, that's that's when a ton of anxiety creeps in. So I would definitely recommend identifying the issue or the source of the stress and then putting together a game plan because humans work really well and they're much happier when they're making progress. So now we know the issue, here's the game plan, and we're going to continue to work on it. In terms of like practices, you know, breath work is amazing, meditation, prayer, if that's something that you do, all of these like relaxing and kind of anti-anxiety practices to put your body into a sim- parasympathetic state is going to be really helpful. But yeah, being co- constantly or perpetually stressed is a huge, you know, detriment to being disciplined and getting what you want. So you just have to identify what it is and make sure you have a game plan to resolve it. When you face stress in your life, what are some of the things that you find really moves the needle for you? Yeah, well, first it's all about, for me, it's how do you look at stress? I have a very I get to mentality, not I have to. So everything in my life, I've worked very hard, but I feel every day I feel super blessed because that's like I wake up in the morning, I do gratitude practices, I get sun, I work out, I take a long walk. I, you know, do all of my morning to set myself up for success. So I don't, I'm not going to say I never experience stress because that would be untrue, but most things in my life I don't see as uh, stress. I see as an opportunity to either grow or to learn. So that's kind of the first thing for me. But if I am stressed, lots of out- time outside in sun, nature, walking, meditating, breath work. Breath work is really incredible. I mean, it's a free practice and we know that it can shift your system from being in sympathetic to parasympathetic. Parasympathetic is very healing, relaxing. I definitely prioritize sleep more than ever. I prioritize exercise. Exercise releases endorphins, which actually dulls pain. It increases your mood. It improves the blood flow to the brain. So you're thinking more clearly. So even when you don't want to do those things, that's the time that you need to do them the most. You mentioned a few different things that you do on a regular basis to kind of measure the success of what you're doing as well. Like you mentioned an aura ring and all of that stuff. I wanted to ask, what are some things that people can incorporate once they're in this routine, once they're doing this stuff to kind of measure the effectiveness of what they're doing? Yeah, aura ring is a great tool. So that will tell you a ton of stuff about your movement every day, your um, heart rate, your deep sleep, overall sleep, readiness score. So that's a great tool. Some other at-home wearables, I've worn like a blood sugar monitor. So if you have a lot of issues with like sugar, that could be something interesting. Labs, of course, like, you know, blood labs that you really can't cheat those. So that's a good way to measure it. And even if you want to just be very simple, just log a journal. Like how is your mood today? How is your sleep? You don't have to go out and buy something really expensive. I mean, I have so many different like tools and 
you know, pieces of equipment here and trackers, but that's really not necessary at all when you're getting started. You can just do self-reporting. So keep a journal every day and every night. How did you feel when you woke up? Were you refreshed? Were you energized? Were you excited for the day? How was your mood? For sleep and like exercise, Aura Ring is great. There's also, of course, Whoop. You can, there's a lot of smart skills at home that are going to show you like body composition, muscle mass, because it's so much more than just the weight. We all know that. So you can definitely measure bone mass, visceral fat, total, you know, total body mass. That, that's a really interesting one. There are at home, like I said, glucose monitors. That's for people that might have some issues with insulin or feeling like their energy is not very good throughout the day because if you're eating a lot of carbs and spiking your blood sugar and it's dropping, you often can have like brain fog. Other at-home tests, there's a lot of even gut testing. Gut testing is super important. I would recommend that you work with a practitioner because it's kind of, it's in, it's really detailed and you have to know what's going on in the gut. But if you're trying to optimize your gut health, there's at-home gut tests. My friend Naveen Jain owns a company called Viome. There is another blood lab company called Inside Tracker. They will get all of your blood data and then they'll give you recommendations based on what your numbers look like and how to improve them. Those are probably some of the best at-home tests, but some of the other general tests. So I track all of my toxins. I track my gut health. That's from um, a lab called Genova Diagnostics. And it looks at like inflammation. It looks like at dysbiosis. It looks at everything that's going on in the gut. And the gut has, you know, over a hundred trillion cells. So it's really an interesting balance to optimize it completely. I look at my biological age, so I'm about 10 years younger biologically than I am chronologically. So then we also have the pace of aging, so that's how quickly you're actually aging. So it can be less than one, which is you're aging slower than you should, basically you're aging slower than one year for one year. It can be 0.6 for one year, which is very exciting. So that's the biological pace of aging. I also do a super comprehensive longevity lab panel that looks at everything from hormones to, you know, every single particle size, shape of cholesterol, cardiac inflammation. I do a full body MRI every year, and that is going to, A, it's a diagnostic tool. So if something were going wrong, you'd be able to catch it much earlier. So that is amazing. It also tracks like your baseline. So you can see your brain volume, mass, size your joints, every single organ. And so I measure all of that on a yearly basis as well. I also do essentially a basically photos of my arteries. So just to ensure there's no soft or calcified plaques in the arteries. And I that's that's pretty much what I'm doing currently, actually. That's and awesome. It's a lot of stuff. And obviously, it's like for a certain type of person that can like, is really invested in that and has spent a lot of time in that not for the everyday person, but it's good to Definitely. know as well and good to hear. I think what I wanted to ask was with these tools and going into this year and we're in, this, we're in the second month of this year, what is your goals for 2024 and mm -hmm. how do you see 2024 shaping for you? Well, first of all, I want to say about 80% of people that set goals don't achieve them. So please don't be that person. Do whatever you have to do to just stick to your goal this year. I've never really been a big goal setter in terms of like, you know, wanting to work out more because to me, that's just like the basic, the basis. I do want to open up a clinic in California, which is going to be very fun. And I want to be an amazing wife because I just got married. So that's a big goal. And it's interesting, you know, combining personalities and, and learning, you know, just to coexist really well with someone. So 
I would say those are probably my two biggest goals. I just wanted to ask two final questions to wrap up. What advice would you give to your younger self? It's okay to rest more is something I would actually tell my younger self because I I really spent a lot of time in all of the things we've talked about, professional pursuits, working out, things of that nature. So yeah, it's spending more time with friends and social circles are also such a huge, you know, have such a huge impact on our overall health. So I would tell myself that. And how do you feel like, like when you were younger and pursuing all these things, like, I guess what made that come up for you? Was there a moment where you're like, oh, you realize how important community is or did that just come with time? Well, I've already always, well, I've known for a long time because it's in the literature. You know, we know that people in these blue zones where they're living longer than anyone else, they all have an incredible sense of community and loving others and feeling loved all are super beneficial to our health. So just through the literature, you know, I've, I've known that, but it's, it's whenever you're so focused on a few things and I was just like relentless with those things. And finally now, you know, now that I'm married, I'm just opening up my life a little bit more Mm -hmm. to enjoying downtime because I always saw downtime as like, I could be doing something else more productive, but it is very, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's very important to take time for relationships and for, you know, just being able to fill up your cup too with other social interactions. I love that. That's a great point. The very, very last question I actually just wanted to ask before we go is, do you know much about like migraines? This is more of a personal question, but I've just been so interested in trying to learn more about it. Yes, absolutely. So for every symptom, there is, there's a cause, right? So it's like, what is the cause in this case? Many times it can be nutritional deficiencies. It can be even dehydration. Our brain is, you know, mostly fat and water. So definitely making sure you're staying hydrated. Sometimes it can be something simple. Sometimes it can be a magnesium deficiency. So there's a few ways that you can address it. You can either just start taking some like full spectrum magnesium, which every, well, not everybody, about 80% of people in America are deficient in magnesium just because the quality of our food is not as high. So that might be something to explore. Obviously, sleep is can also be detrimental to brain health and can encourage migraines. So I would look at like nutrient status and maybe think about incorporating some magnesium, some trace minerals into water and staying staying really hydrated. But that's the beautiful thing about the body, right? Is there's always it's many people would get migraines and just think, "Oh, I have migraines." So that's just who I am. It's like, "No, there's a reason because that's that's like an alert for you to know that something is Something needs to be addressing, not that it needs to be anything super significant, but it could just be as simple as, you know, you're running a nutritional deficiency or need to drink more water. I love that. That's great advice. Thank you. I feel like I could stay on the meds that they've given me for like so long, but, and they really do help. Uh, But I also know that like, that isn't always like the most sustainable path. And Mm -hmm. it could be something like underneath. So yeah, that'd be so cool. There's also a really big connection between the gut and the brain, right? Because they're literally directly connected. The gut houses most of our serotonin, which is related to happiness. It also houses actual neurons. So if you have a lot of issues with the gut and you fix those issues, a lot of times, you know, even things like migraines and even mood 
can. So it's kind of well, anytime that you're trying to get to the root cause, sometimes it's it's a little bit of like peeling the layers off the onion, you know? You have to yeah. start with the really simple things to so maybe incorporate a magnesium, make sure you have enough vitamin D, maybe get even like a great multivitamin just to yeah. make sure your nutritional bases are covered. And then yeah. if you don't really feel any relief, then, you know, it could be something more gut related. You know, you could do some labs and you just got to kind of start investigating. But if you can, I think it's really worth it to get to the root cause because if if it's presenting in one symptom, then, you know, eventually over time, it means that something's gone unaddressed and it can lead to other things. So That's and so interesting. This episode covered a lot. I think the things that I took out of it that I want you guys to really think about is what additives, chemicals, and pesticides are in your food? Because the policies on food aren't going to change, and it really is important to buy fresh and organic produce or even grow your own food. And also, if you don't take control of your health, you will get sick and live a less fulfilling and long life. So I think it's really important for everyone listening today to look into these things and really consider what they eat and how that impacts their life. Because at the end of the day, who doesn't want to live a really fulfilling life? If you enjoy this episode, please be if you enjoy this episode, please the only thing we ask is that you give us a follow so we can provide episodes like this every week to you. Now, be sure to check us out on socials at really mental media and share this with a friend if you think that they need a fix. If you think they would benefit from optimizing their brain. We'll see you next week with amazing episodes and see you then.